been in, parked in the garage all week. Yeah. And I go to check out and they're like, hey, by the way, it's $60 a day. Dude, I just did that in Boston. I was yeah. like, yeah, like, what the fuck was I thinking? Yeah, I rented a car swear. when I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I rented a car when I was there for the marathon and it was parked the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I was $40 like, a day. I, I, well, so to be fair, like I, I, we had all the camera equipment. Yeah. But I also we were also supposed to golf when we got here Saturday. And I'm not a golfer, so I don't know that I'm supposed to pack clubs. I thought we rent clubs. Oh, I was going to say, did you bring your clubs? So, no, no I don't know. I, I mean, I have clubs, but they're not my clubs. Um, they're like hand-me-downs for my dad from when like he turned 50 and bought clubs, uh, uh, you know, whatever. But we, uh, so I text him when we get here. I'm like, hey, by the way, I should have asked this before, but they rent clubs, right? He's like, no, it's a, it's a private club. And one of the other guys were uh, coming with, he goes, no problem. I brought my clubs. He can share mine. He's like, no, they don't allow people to share clubs. Really? I'm like, oh, everyone has to look like a professional golfer wow. on this course. So Doug's <laughs> calling every other golf course. Like, hey, do you guys rent clubs? We do. He's like, can we use them at another course? They're like negative. <laughs> so whatever, long story short, we, uh, we just didn't golf. So I'm like, we drove from the airport to the hotel, parked the car, and it's been sitting there for four days. Well, you drove over here. Well, I drove over here. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. Your five minute drive. My, my well, that was. I, I was gonna. Minutes. I was going to walk. Yeah. Because it's like it's an. It's it, a nice walk. It's a decent walk. Yeah. But when I realized I was late, I was like, now I'm not walking. Good thing you have that car. I, I always. Um, <clears throat> I usually get nice cars when I'm in a like like yesterday at a Tacoma, and I, but I'm just there for a day and I'm not even driving all that much. Yeah. And then they'll give me, I do a lot of one-way rentals, and they give me the shittiest That's car. That's the worst. And so I'm doing one-way. Shittiest way. car. Yeah. But they they screw you. Yeah. And and it's like, but I'm going to be doing 2,000 miles in this car, and I have this garbage Mitsubishi Outlander or whatever <laughs> it is. <laughs> and then when when you don't need the car all that much, you have some Tahoe or Suburban. Yeah. And you're like, damn it. I feel like it's the same thing when you buy a car. It's like you, you get through the whole negotiation process, and then you're like, by the way, I have a trade-in. And they're like, oh, and they would have negotiated differently if they yeah. knew that up front. Yeah. Where I was like, I need an SUV, a nice one. They're like, all right, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, hey, we got a few. I'm like, and it's one way. They're like, uh, don't have any cars. I was uh, like, yeah. no, no, you do have cars. I know you do. But well, it's, it, um, during COVID, it was like, we we're regularly paying two, $3,000 for rentals. Mm-hmm. I mean, ridiculous amounts of money. Well, they sold all the cars. Yeah, they sold everything. Yeah. And then they wouldn't let you do one way. Right. So there was one trip where the guys had to start Minneapolis, go over to like North Dakota or the Dakotas or Montana and then drive it back. And it's just like you just there's no other good way to do it. And it got to a point where we were thinking we need to just buy some more cars (laughs) because we're spending so much money on rental cars that just scatter them around the country. And yeah, that that, could work. So that's like that, you know, obviously like the ones that you go to the airport. But that's the nice thing about the like the exotic and luxury car rental places is they don't have them in those markets mm. and they deliver them and they'll pick them up. They charge you like an arm yeah, and a yeah, leg. Yeah, yeah. But if you're going to like have a nice car where like I was joking, I was like, I, I one of the guys that I was coming, I was like, which color of Lamborghini are you getting? Because I'm getting the green one. I don't want to have the same color. Mm-hmm. And he's like, are you serious? I'm like, half serious. <laughs> I, I want to I know what it's going to cost me. And it's like, you know, five grand for two days. Yeah. I'm like, skipped. You know, I'm not, I'm not driving. I'm not driving around. So keep that for your rep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but that's a nice thing about the, those smaller rental companies that they just <laughs> put the car where you need it and then pick it up where it, wherever it ends up. Well, this is at risk of being completely unrelatable. Um, when you fly private into mm-hmm. small airports, they will do that too. Yeah. So you just say, I just need a car here. 
they have the car sitting in the parking lot at the small private airport. You mm -hmm. just walk out, get in it like it's your car. Do you fly private a lot? No, I, I wish. So I, but no, but here's every time I have, that's how it is. And it's so like, it's that's it's amazing. The only it. time I've ever flown private is when I went to the Marvin Window headquarters because they have their own jet. Mm -hmm. And but I, I was I was talking to my wife the other day, and I'm like, you know, we were talking about like the fact that we're going to build all over the country, and eventually, like, my goal is to build all over the world the most icon iconic shit in the world. Yeah. And I was, you know, and I and I, listen, I'm bougie like I, i'm hey i love uh, i love being I'm, bougie. I'm right there too. <laughs> and, and i'm like you know what i feel like eventually i'm just gonna own a jet and yeah my wife's like no and i'm like what do you mean no she was like i would never get on it i'm like well, why she goes those are the ones that crash and i'm like it's gonna be really sad when me and the kids are on the beach and you're still in line mm -hmm. <laughs> in the delta line yeah. like why and and that's her you know she won't get in a helicopter blah blah, blah. Yeah. but but it, it is. It's, you know, I, we were talking to one of her friends and she's like, it's insane how much time it saves you. And like you, you listen to like um, Hermosi, Alex Hermosi or something mm -hmm. like that. He talks about private too, where it can save you if you're, if you're using it for business easily, easily four hours in a day. Yeah. If I, not more. Well, and that's, um, I tell people they think it's a joke. They're like, are you going to buy a house soon? I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't really need to buy a house. I, I'm probably going to have a plane before I have a house. Right. And they think I'm joking. I'm like, I'm not joking. Well, you're I'm, not spending enough time in a house to to qualify for, like, no, not to qualify your like the, that purchase. No, I, I mean, I already know what plane we're gonna get. We're gonna get a Pilatus PC12. See, I'm not that far in my it's, oh, my decision. Uh, I've I've already gone down. I've it's, gone it's way 12? down. A PC12. No, no, no. It's about you can configure it six to eight passengers. Okay. And it can do everything on this side of the Mississippi. Okay. So still going across the country, you'd probably just fly commercial. Mm. Um, but everything on this side of the Mississippi, you're good to go. Hmm. So you can get to 75% of the U.S. population What's that very cost? quickly. Half a million? It depends. It'll probably be like... Two million? It, 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 yeah, it, it, I, I don't know. It totally depends right. on I have no idea. how old it is, how nice you want it. There's right. so many different variables to it. Yeah. But you can finance it too. I know. I, I don't think it's a dumb. I don't think it's dumb at all. No. I think that. I think the whole. I think that whole side of it, especially if you're using it for business, you know, yeah. it, it makes sense. And the the conversation went on with her. I was like, I wouldn't even know how to fly private if I decided I don't want to fly commercial home t right now. And immediately she was like, Oh, there's an app for you. Mm -hmm. I forget what the hell it's called. And she's like, You just go on there. And I immediately I download it. I'm like, and then it's like three grand to join the club. You know, and in order for you to like get in yeah. to like then access it, but I'm like, I just want to understand what it costs. And it's yeah. if you do it single, it's like enormous. It's like twenty yes. grand. But yeah. if you're gonna fly, you know, if twenty of you guys are going somewhere, it's like twenty grand. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter how many people are on the plane. Like thousand bucks to fly private to to Iceland for a weekend, like not bad. Yeah, yeah that, that that makes sense. I I think about it all the time. Yeah. Every time I'm I'm on my commercial plane going past the private terminal at the airport i'm looking at all the planes like yeah. i was looking at it yesterday yeah. there's this big old jet flying out of charlotte it had this custom paint on it just looking absolutely beautiful i'm yeah. like that's the way to go man mm -hmm. <laughs> that is the way you to pull go. up you get out of your car yeah. you hop on the plane yeah. you fly you get out you hop in your car you you, you yeah. do your thing airport security is not bitching at you yeah. there aren't families everywhere yeah. getting in your way it's like you brought a bottle of water yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like i'm sorry and they're like go back to the beginning of the line yeah. i was i was sitting in airport security yesterday and they just they're just some of these people some of them are nice and that's kind of nice but mm. a lot of them are just total assholes totally and i was thinking about i was like man 
if you just like to bitch at people all day long and just be super irritated, working at, for TSA is for you. Like that's perfect I, job. I'm gonna like I'm gonna I'm gonna defend them for a second. And same thing with the RMV or DMV and building inspectors. Mm -hmm. They deal with bullshit all day and people arguing, 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 arguing. Yes. You and I, like, we're probably pretty decent human beings in the line. And when they're like, take your fucking shoes off, you're like, I'm sorry. I, 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 no. thought, I thought this one I didn't have to. Like, no problem. Like, you listen. Like, you do what you need to do. But the problem is, is the majority of people are just absolute assholes. Uh -huh. And it's like, so they're just ground, ground down. And I, I agree, like, you know, it takes a special person to want to be in that position, but they're, they're doing, like, the people that are actually there, you know, communicating with them are, are traditionally assholes. It, and I, I've even been, I don't get irritated all that much. Sometimes I get a little irritated, mm -hmm. uh, but I try to be super nice to them because yeah. I know that. I right. know they get just shit on right. all day long. But another thing I've noticed, too, flight attendants now? They're way more. They're way more rude than they were just a few years ago before COVID. Yeah, especially with, you don't have kids. I have three kids. Like sometimes, like we have, I have a five, a three, and a one year old, and they travel quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And my one year old's been on a plane probably two or three times already. And we were on a on a flight. I think it was when we were going to California, and the flight attendant basically gave us shit for my one year old not sitting still. I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? Have you noticed? I was, small child is. I was like, I, I understand like she's hyper, but <clears throat> what do you want me to do? Strap her into her seat and have her scream? Yeah. Like you, you, it, and she doesn't get her own seat. It's a lap, like mm. it's a lap kid, like under two, I think it's on the lap. And my wife was like, is this like, could not believe like it. And it just blew our mind. Yeah. And then you had, and then I remember flying home and like the flight attendant was like, you know, do you want me to take her? You want me to bring her up and down mm -hmm. the, the hall, like the the aisle, and, and keep her busy? Like that's the experience that we, we, well, that so we should you'll, have. You'll get those people every once in a while. I had one of those guys yesterday, and it's like a breath of fresh air. But I've I've noticed, and someone I didn't really put two and two together until I heard it on another podcast, and they said, "Yeah, they've gotten way more rude in mm. the COVID era because they've been, you know, with the mask oh, bullshit and all the God. rules and this and that." And I've I I was like. They're totally right. Mm. Like they are, they're such assholes. But you, <laughs> but you think about again, like go on the defense of them. It's like they're they've become assholes because yes. they're dealing with a yeah. lot more assholes. Yeah, the guys on the plane that are like not fucking putting a mask on. I'm like, this isn't like it's not your choice. This isn't a private flight, dude. Yeah, like if you want to be on a commercial flight, this is the rule. It's just like, do you stop at a red light or do you blow through it? It's like you stop at the red light because that's the law of being on a public road. I'm going to call you out for spilling your drink spill on my you drink and everywhere. Me. Right <laughs> um, let me go get some paper towels for that. It's just carpet. <laughs> Two hours later. And we're back. And we're back. Um, okay, so. Hold on. I want to tell a quick story. Please. Because I'm uh, my, not my last flight because now masks aren't a thing on the plane. Mm -hmm. But um, the, the flight before that, I, I, fall, I fall asleep on planes. I, I can sleep on That's the plane. Good. I know. That's a it's great. great. Thing. Yeah. Most of the time, I get a bunch of work done, and then I'm like, "All right, I'm going to sleep because I'm just bored." You get I'm... work done too. Oh yeah. Man, that's you're hell of a flyer. And if I don't get work done, and like there's no Wi-Fi, then I go through the photos of my phone and delete all the duplicates. I, I've done. I do that a lot. I'm like, yeah. what do I do? Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, read yeah, yeah. every. I've went through every setting, and I realized <laughs> all this new stuff I learned about my phone. I'm like, oh, I have twenty thousand photos. I'm going to delete the shit I don't need anymore because yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to make this like big difference of like my phone will be faster. 
But I fell asleep on the plane. I have a mask on, whatever. I'm laying there. And my mask always just falls down, like, right at the tip of my nose. And I wake up, and my eyes were open for two seconds. And the guy next to me goes, can you pull your mask over your nose? And I was like, yeah, dude, no problem. And I looked at him, I'm like, just an FYI, I'm probably going to fall back asleep. Just put it over my nose if it's bothering you. And it's like, and, and I know, like, we don't have to get into this, but it's like, if they had decided that the mask wasn't a thing on the plane anymore, he would have never asked me that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is the bullshit, like, th- this is the bullshit behind it. Yeah. It's like the moment they announced, like, it, I dealt with this in Boston, but they had, um, you need your vaccine card to go into a restaurant. I'm like, whatever. Like, again, private establishment. If I don't want to go there, I don't have to go there. Mm-hmm. But if I go, like, whatever, I'll, I'll show what I need to show. And it was Friday and they were get, they were lifting that on Saturday. And I go into a coffee shop and I order a coffee and I'm standing there. And he goes, uh, you going to uh, drink this here or are you going to take it to go? I'm like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably sit down and have it here. He's like, can I have your vaccine card? And I was like, you, you do know that this is gone tomorrow, right? He's like, I know, man, it's just the rules. I'm like, not going to argue with you. I just want to be, be sure that you really needed it. That's... And he's like, I do. I'm like, okay, no problem, dude. But I have been looking around in the airport since it's still a new thing. And just how many people are wearing masks still? Yeah. It's a. Fair amount, too. Oh, well, fair amount, but it is a small percentage. Oh, it is. But I, think, I don't think we'll ever get away from it. Because if you think about, like, there were a lot of people, not a lot of people, there was a fair amount of people, at least in Boston. Boston's super diverse. Yeah. And, but there was a lot of people when they were sick or they felt you know, like they were, you know, exposed to something, they would wear a mask before COVID. Like, mm. Especially in, like, the, the you know, the, the Asian community. Uh, well, I was going to say, Boston has a big foreign population. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's I, and, common and, elsewhere. And, I, and I, what I think is like, and I, and I appreciate that. Like maybe they have a cold and they don't want to spread it. That's a really nice human being. Mm-hmm. Like we, like not anyone that's close to me or in my family would ever do that. They're like, we have, my, my wife and I joke all the time. It's like, we have family members that are like, oh, I have the stomach bug. You guys want to hang out? I'm like, how about no? How about you, you don't come in? How about you don't go any, anywhere near another human being mm-hmm. so that shit doesn't spread? It's like, how, how does that pro- not process in your mind? But I just don't think that we'll get away from a percentage of the population just always having it. And that's fine. Totally. It's just like... A choice. Yeah, stop fucking bothering me. Right. Um, but it's, it's definitely the minority. It's, yeah. it's it, even this soon after it stopped. It's by far the minority in right. every single airport, every plane I've been on. I've been on a lot of them lately. Yeah. Um, it was so nice when I went overseas in January. I was in uh, business class, mm. which is game changer. <laughs> and uh, I didn't wear my mask the whole time, the whole flight, both ways. And it was like, I cannot wait for this to be a reality. Mm. And because this is just, it just, it just fucking sucks. Yeah. I, I, I just, you, I get tired. Yeah. Like, I mean, breathing your own breath constantly. It's like, it's pro. it's gotta be fucking you up somehow. It's like, I'm not getting this like fresh air. It's like, I just feel like depleted. Well, and I was, um, it was a struggle for me because I was in Arizona and then I was in Tennessee, the South. Mm. It wasn't strict in either place. Like mm. Arizona was chilling. Yeah. I don't think Arizona, because I have a lot of friends there. Yeah. I don't think they ever really had any. Rules. No, no. And, there was nothing going there really. Yeah. I mean, they closed restaurants for a while, but then everything started to open back up and everybody was chilling. Yeah. But then you'd go somewhere like Boston or Chicago or San Francisco, and, and it, it was like a culture shock for me yeah. how fucking wound up people were. Dude, we, 
I'll never forget. They had people. <laughs> this is it's so ridiculous because I know I know one of the girls that was doing it. But they had people that were uh, that were lined up on. We have this. Not, it's not even a boardwalk. This is what I hate about Boston. They don't take advantage of the fact that they have beaches, and it's not a beach mm-hmm. town. It should be. Mm-hmm. We have a beautiful beach, cleanest water, cleanest water in any metropolitan in the U.S. But a lot of people run along this like quote unquote boardwalk or this yeah. sidewalk. They had people out there cheering. Make sure you put your mask on. Make sure you put your mask like like outside like running. It's like. I was running in Seattle and it was like, and I was running without a mask. Why the fuck could I wear a mask while I'm running? And you, you could tell people were looking at you yeah. like, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Like, I cannot dare, like, you dare run in our neighborhood without, and I'm right. like, I'm outside. Right. I'm, I, what, what, I, I was, what's going on here? I, I was training for the marathon and, and it was like freezing out one day, like freezing, freezing. So I, I wore like a face mask because of the cold. I didn't want to frostbite my face. And someone, and I had done a story because I was raising money for this charity and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you're wearing oh, a mask yeah, when you're yeah, running. Yeah. I'm like, uh, let's just be clear. I'm wearing it because it's freezing out and there's, it's like, and raining. I'm like, this isn't because I, I'm afraid that I'm going to exhaust like COVID out of my mouth. It's to prevent the, my nose from fa- falling off. Um, what change gears you've been doing a lot in the past year or so. Yeah. Like you went from one business to multiple businesses. Four, yeah. To four businesses. Four official businesses. From one, right? Yeah. And was NS Builders ma- was technically. Yeah. And NS Builders was my, was my business. Yeah. Um, but I was doing these other things with it where it was like. Yeah. It was still, it was kind of already there. It was but there. You just made it official. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, I could probably attribute that to probably five businesses. So, um. And and I looked at it as NS Builders started becoming this personal brand for me, where it's like NS Builders shouldn't be my personal brand. It I, it should be Nick Schiffer. Mm. But a lot of the NS Builders, you know, because ultimately like NS Builders is building homes and I want to attract people that want to build homes. And it was becoming the center hub of who NS Builders was, how we run a business, how I, I brand, how I market, you know, and, and I also build homes where I started realizing it was just getting like totally mixed up. So I started separating the, the, the Nick Schiffer brand from NS Builders. Yeah. You know, I've always had the second Instagram account, but then we built a website. I had people reaching out constantly like, hey, I want to I chat, chat with you. I, wanna, I have some ideas about my business and I just want to get your feedback. So then I started doing consulting for that where it's just like, mm. you know, built, built an automatic schedule. You want to chat with me? Go right to my website. You can book time with me. And um, but then it was, you know, I also had the Millwork Company. The millwork, or, or I, this kid Ken, he he joined NS Builders years ago, and he he was he came from a cabinet company or a cabinet a custom cabinet and millwork shop, and wanted to be part of NS Builders because he saw the the growth potential of what we were doing. And we built that into a legitimate cabinet shop and hired people, and then we just decided that we need to separate it from NS Builders. And I say we decided that because Ken ultimately, and, and he was deserving of it, like wanted to own a cabinet, mm. his own cabinet shop at some point. Yeah. And I could have, I could have let him go off and do his own thing, but I'm like, dude, like it's not good for either of us for you to leave. Meaning, like I've built the reputation, I, I have the like that asset there where it's like we, I can funnel this work. And Ennis Builders has built this big brand. A lot of people know it. 
and a lot of people refer to it as as a standard now and that was my goal i wanted people to say like hey i want an ns builders quality something <clears throat> so sat down with ken and i said why don't we partner on it and why don't we become partners and we'll split the business and i'll you know i sold out like basically the physical assets at a discount we went into it 50, you know uh 5149 and we decided like hey this is how we're going to build the business and now we've we've structured it so we can take on other clients like yeah. ultimately like it was hey you're going to be the the main cabinet maker for ns builders and we'll start branding it as its own company and then we'll start taking on other builders and other you know other clients designers homeowners whatever around around the country and once we announced it it was like the floodgate opened really it's like hey i've been wanting to buy from you guys i just didn't want to buy as I'm a builder that competes with you. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to buy cabinetry from another builder, yeah. but now it's this, you know, other brand. And we, we were targeting a million bucks for the year. That's what we wanted to do. Like, let's just target a million bucks. We can, you know, we'll go into, you know, for, for total sales and we commit, we had like a million and a half committed in two months. Good. And, and, and right now, like <clears throat> we're, we literally priced a project that's $900,000 and it's like, all right, this is a real thing. Like let's, Let's start actually building this into a bigger millwork company because we're a small shop. It's three people, you know, like less than three thousand square feet. We 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 crank out a lot of work for, for a little amount of people in a small space. Aren't you looking at a bigger space? It's so hard. Yeah. Like he he looked at a spot the other day. the The problem is is we're also trying to. I'd like to own the building. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, that like that will be its own company, mm. right? Like, yeah, is, that's that's pretty typical. Yeah, and and but it it is. But for me, like that's that was a big learning thing from last year, where I started realizing that if I'm going to have all these companies, like there's got to be a real tax strategy there, and understanding how to like how to set that up where you're mm -hmm. you're, you're protecting it. It's like for now, like we started a holding company. And I was like, what's a holding company? And they're yeah. like, oh, you build the holding company, and everything else lives under it. I'm like great like i didn't know that that was the right way to do it and he's like and as you you start building all these other businesses like it, that's how you keep everything nice and organized i went through the same thing yeah you like you have to and when, once you realize like once you understand the benefit of it it's like this makes complete sense well it's it's funny you think you're like mr big time businessman like, oh yeah i have multiple companies yeah. I'm, oh i have another llc or another corporation or whatever it is yeah. And then you just create this clusterfuck. Yeah. <laughs> and then someone who knows what they're doing comes in like, what have you done? Right. Then you have to go through the process of unwinding all of it, which is somewhat of what we just did mm -hmm. was created this huge, overly complicated structure that we yeah. then completely undid. Yeah. And simplified it all. But I don't know what I was doing. No. And, and that's like, that's where we, I mean... The last two years for NS Builders specifically has been this complete rewrite. Like everything changed. Every, like our processes, I, I, I've spent 24 plus months working with uh, my now CFO who's remote and she owns an accounting firm and she has like a team that works with me. Hmm. But I pay her basically a full salary, but I get the team of five people. That's, um, yeah, that's an interesting. It is. And, yeah. and the question comes is like, how, what, what is my, what's the scalability for NS with someone that's remote? Mm -hmm. And, you know, ideally, like I would love to hire her full time, but I know like what she, like what it would cost me to do that. And yeah. right now it doesn't make sense. And maybe in five years it does, maybe in two years it does. I don't know. But 
the point is, is that we went through this complete restructure from an accounting standpoint. Most of it, the first 12 months was, I got to clean up the last 12 months that you've done. And, and she's like, I'll retroactively go back 12 months. I'm not going back further than that. And then for the next six months, it was, all right, well, now I got to make sure I'm current and let's start building all these processes. And then it's like, fast forward, we have the processes in place. And then I hired what is now my director of ops. And he's like the number two and he's handling operations and that he came in and when he, he's come from other high end residential has built other big projects and we sat down and we, he basically, it was basically a conversation about, Hey, none of this really will work for what we're going for, for long-term. What if we make the change right now? Mm -hmm. Because we're at a point in the business where we're closing up a lot of projects and we're about to jump into our next tier of like size projects. And we did, and that was on January one. So NS the all, the the complete operations of NS Builders changed on January one, including the separation of the mill workshop, and then the media company. Mm -hmm. So Motif Doug he has he was I hired him eight years ago part time to film me renovating my own house. Like I just have this idea. I think it would be cool content, and it did really well. And I started hiring him, hiring him for just creating content like around what we were doing. I'm like, this is a good way to share on social and, you know, besides just photos. And I'll never forget the day that I'm scrolling through Instagram and I see a video and it sounds like me, not the voice, but like the, 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 the audio, the, the, the video looks like my video and then it's not my video. And I'm like, and I realized Doug was hired by another builder. <laughs> and I was like, Doug, uh, I, I don't like this. Uh, and he's like, well, I'm like, no, no, I know you're not my employee, but like, what would it cost you? Like, how much would it cost me to hire you full time? And that conversation happened real quick. And we, we, I pulled the trigger and I hired him under NS as a videographer. And for, I think it was like, I want to say two or three years, he, we just created content for NS Builders. And he, you know, liked being, like, liked owning a company, just hated running the company. So same thing, January 1 this year, him and I partnered. And I said, well, let's partner. I have the accounting team. I have the business structure in place. Let's just separate Motif. And, and, and that was really just, we're separating Motif strictly for NS. So Doug, has, Doug can have ownership in the company and it will support the NS needs, but then it will support materials needs for the millwork and the modern craftsman, things mm. like that, where it's like, that's the media company. It separates it from NS and it, it's clean, clean cut, but it wasn't intention. It wasn't intended that we would take clients on right away, but it was the same thing. People were like, Hey, I want video. I want, I, you know, I'd love to do a site visit series where I'm filming every month or, Hey, I want to hire you guys to do three videos for this project we just wrapped up. So now that's, you know, that one's slight, uh, slightly behind the millwork side, but now we're, we're growing and we're committing to, you know, we have a, a annual retainer with another builder already and, and, and probably a half a dozen other people that are interested in doing something similar. So all of that, and then it's the personal brand stuff. I've, uh, personal brand stuff is interesting because BuildWit was essentially tied to me pretty, pretty directly for a long time. And we have been doing that same thing over the past three or six months, like very intentionally. Yeah splitting the two off and hey this is a company over here doing mm -hmm. this and then you are aaron witt and it's actually kind of nice because now i can say stuff right? 
Uh, I see your story. Well, you, I think you got drunk in Switzerland the other day. Germany. <laughs> Germany. Yeah. Uh, um, but but it, it just gives you a little bit of a buffer there. Because yeah. now everything I say is representative of, of my opinions right. and reflects upon my brand. Totally. It doesn't always reflect upon the business. And I know it's not clear cut like that, but it is a big distinction. It, no, it totally is. And I think that it was the same thing for me. It's like I didn't want to be this like business coach or like consultant on business or marketing or so I listen I'm I feel as though I'm I got my head wrapped around how to work social media and I feel like I've created sure. a fair persona around that and 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 been pretty successful with growing a building company and with the use of that so people want to know about that and want me to talk about that and I was talking about that on NS builders stories and channel and, and mm. going live on it and it's like why am what am I doing? It's yeah. like my like people want to see the the stuff I'm building, and they want to see the homes that, that I'm building. Not you know, there's a big portion that I probably lost where it's like, dude, I don't care about how you run your business. I just want to hire you to build my house. Mm-hmm. So that's it was the same thing. I just was like, let's separate it. And you know, it's like even to you know being here in in uh, Nashville, it's like I'm here on like business coaching. Really, like we put together this summit series that we we. 30 builders showed up that's not ns builders that's you know that's nick schiffer and but but there it's tied to ns builders it's mm-hmm. like hey what is ns builders doing for for the industry well and it gives you the credibility right yeah because you know big picture like ns builders has the biggest brand behind it in everything that i'm doing so it's like yeah i'm going to share the share on on just specific to instagram like i'm going to share on instagram because that for me, it's Nick Schiffer of NS Builders is doing something for the, the the entire industry, where it's like I want people to feel know that we're not just a builder, but we're we also advocate for this industry and we help grow this industry and mm-hmm. the whole rising tides raise all ships or collaboration over competition. Like that's how this has to be, and the people that don't understand that it's it, it are, are the same people that aren't willing to accept innovation and growth. That's a majority of the industry right now. I have said that line, a rising tide lifts all boats, so many times and, and over the, the past And the guys that don't agree months. with it are the ones that are struggling. Well, but that's, every, that's the whole industry right now. The whole industry is struggling. And it's, hey, we need to start thinking like a team here. We're a team. We're getting the shit kicked out of us by the other industries that are acting like a team, right. not by one another. You guys are thinking small. You guys are thinking the guy you bid against every day is your competitor. That's not your competitor. (laughs) It's not. I'm not going to say I don't struggle because I I do, Uh but I don't think I'm struggling as hard as the majority of them. No, because you understand that concept. Correct. Yeah. And so I have a builder that's local to me that I just developed a relationship with. And now we'll be out. Like We'll grab dinner. We'll chat. We'll be like, hey, did you look at that project? Oh, I looked at that project. And now it's a relationship where when we get a project, both either of us, we'll, we'll text each other. Mm-hmm. Hey, you looking at that job over in Brookline? I am, yeah. I'm, and hey, are you interested in it? Um, yeah, you know, I am. And I'm like, all right, me too. I, I'm going to put some pricing together. Let's chat before we submit. Great. And not because we want to go back to the client and be like, hey, <laughs> screw you, man. Mm-hmm. Like you're getting the, the price is the price. But it, it, in the other way, it, it is because... I've done it where I've priced the job and I'm 700,000 and he prices it. He's a million. Oh shit. What did I miss? He goes, Oh, did you see the pool that they put in the basement? I'm like, fuck no. And it, but that's the thing. It's like, 
oftentimes this whole three bid, bid mentality is like, who's going to understand the scope the best and who can I take advantage of when they miss something? Mm-hmm. And that's not always the case. I, I, I'm very aware of that. Um, but it's now you get this apples to apples comparison for the client. We both feel <clears throat> as though we're fair going into it. And the client gets to make the decision based on who they think can, can handle the project you know, in the timeline that they need or the personality that they need. Just, just, we could be the same exact time, same exact price, but they jive with his personality more than me. That's okay. Because those are the three things that you need to make the decision based on, price, schedule, and, and who you're working with. And that is, that's why I've chosen, like everything I learn is something that has been learned from another builder. Whether, and, and whether I've paid for that information or I've, they've been willing to, to share with, with it, uh, that information with me. But I'm, but I'm always going to ask. And like I get turned down all the time. But every once in a while, like I've, I've flown around the country. Like when we went to California that I was talking about earlier, yeah. that was to visit a builder out there that I look up to. And when I reach out to him, he's like, dude, I, I look up to you. I love what you're doing. I'm like, great. Can I come hang out for a week and just check out your operation? He's like, hell yeah, I'll, I'll show you whatever you want. And it's like, and, 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 but I opened the door too. He's like, but I'm struggling with this. I'm like, great. I can help you with that. Or I can, I can walk you through how I'm doing it. And it's just this relationship building where it's like, we have to work together. Like there, this is, this is too hard of an industry construction in general, regardless of building or, or dirt. It's too hard of an industry to do this alone. And every, there's so many owner operators and there's so many people that get into their own business because they want to make more money or whatever the case is, but they start from scratch. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm, I'm ignoring the playbook. I'm starting from scratch and I'm going to build it up. And then they struggle and struggle. Like, I can't figure out the accounting. It's like, there's a there's hundred other companies that have already figured out the accountant. And it's the same. It's the same thing. Exact same thing. Yes. And, and they all yeah. struggle. And it's like, they work through it and they... It's like everyone builds their own spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. It's like, what if there was just the spreadsheet that worked? And that's exactly how, what we're building our business to accomplish. Mm. Connect the industry, it, provide information, educate people, inspire the next generation. That's exactly what we're doing. And that's where like Nick Schiffer goes back to the Modern Craftsman. The Modern Craftsman was this, you know, podcast that we started where it was just, it was simply about commiserating together where it's like, and I still feel this way, but the, the conversations are had where, you know, selfishly I do it because I want to talk to people in the industry and like learn from their mistakes, but I want to do it with a microphone in front of me and then put it out. So millions of people can listen to it. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, this is, everyone feels like they're struggling with one particular thing in their business. And they're the only one struggling, especially in today's world with media like I can look at you and be like, man, he's got it all figured just, out. Just balling out, man. Yeah, balling, yeah. like getting private jets and, yeah. hey, and business class. You know, business how I do class, it. getting like, drunk in Germany, drunk, in, yeah. all these things. <laughs> but I know you struggle, and you can look at me and be like, man, Nick's got it figured out. Like, but I struggle, and no one talks out loud about it. So this podcast was started, like, hey, we got to start talking about the things that we struggle with. Mental health is huge Good in one. this industry, mm-hmm. where it's like it's and it's. It's almost frowned upon to talk about. It's like, no, dude, it's just hard. It's like, you know, and, and yeah, what impact? Just, just man up. Like, yeah. Don't be soft. And it's like, it, it, but it's so much, it's so much more important than we, we lead it, like lead everyone to believe it is. 
where it's like, you know, it, it just there's so many things like like client relationships and like the the stress around holidays and like the pressure to get things done. And it's just the pressure to do it at a, a, a cheaper, cheaper cost. Like there's all these pressures. But when, you know, when people feel as though they're alone, you know, they, they don't know how to get out of that. And, and, and oftentimes they bottle it up and they look around at who else is in this industry and they don't ask because he's already got it figured out. And I don't, and, and or they, they're, they're embarrassed. And that's, that's a real thing where it's like, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I don't have this figured out or I don't know what to do in this situation. So I'm not going to ask the question. So that's where that podcast came in. It's like, let's talk about this stuff. And I, and I, and I try to be a good host in the sense that like when there's, there is something that's there that like someone struggles with or like, you know, overcame something. I'm like, we got to talk about that. Like, I know you just kind of breezed over the fact that like at one point you almost bankrupted the company. Yeah. Or whoa. it's like, yeah, and then my wife died. And then, um, so, so this happened. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, whoa. Yeah. Hey, whoa, whoa. It's like, what hold was on. that like? Hold on. <laughs> you know, like, how did that impact? Did you want to give it all up? Yeah. Were you done with the business? Did you, did you, like, what, how did you work through it? What were the things that allowed you to remember to be strong? And by doing that and having these conversations, it was like, immediately, it was just one after the other people were reaching out. Like, I thought I was the only one that struggled with that until I heard you talk about it on the podcast. And there, and there's this, now there's this overwhelming amount of pressure of like, we got to keep doing this. Yeah. And we, and for us, that's where it's like, we want to expand and be an advocate for the business. And, and this is where like the brand becomes, you know, intertwined where it's like Nick Schiffer, the modern craftsman and its builders motif material. It's like all of these entities. Yes. They are very different businesses, but the ethos and what they're like, what they stand for in the industry as a whole, all are centered around collaboration. Yeah, I, uh, I'm sure you've maybe heard this too. It, uh, one of the criticisms lately is you guys just do too much, and I'm like, yeah, we do a for, lot for Bill Witt? Yeah, it's like you guys just aren't very focused. I'm like, I mean, yes, at face value, it looks like that. Like if I just looked at your business, I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? He's a home builder, and he's over here. Having an event in Nashville and he has a meet like what what the fuck yeah it's going like on? oh how are you stepping away from yeah. building homes for four yeah, days yeah. And, and 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 selling like we sold t- crazy ticket prices well but it's like it it all makes sense because it's an ecosystem and there is a bigger play there and it is all very focused still on the core competency and that is building and creating homes that people love to live in and that's what we're doing as well actually yeah sure our business has changed and evolved along the past four years especially the past year but. Our mission's never changed. It's to make the dirt world a better place. Right. And we've never stopped serving the dirt world. We don't anticipate stop serving it. And we're just learning how to serve it better and better and better. And right. that could work out for our business relationship, or maybe we start to grow apart and that's okay. Right. But this is where we need to go. And it it doesn't look like it makes sense on the outside, but it is somewhat calculated. I, I think that people like people are also afraid to to change or adapt when it's like when something just like starts pulling you in a direction, like don't, why are you preventing that from happening? Maybe this is the direction that you should be. But I would, you know, going back to what you just said, it's like everything is is centered around, like the, the goal is still there. For us, it's the goal is to build really great homes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the podcast and doing these events and all that, like what does that have to do with anything? It's like, I'll tell you exactly what it has to do with anything. I said in the beginning of this podcast that I want to build the most iconic homes around the entire world. How do I build homes around the entire world if I don't know people around the entire world? 
what some guy in Egypt's just going to call me like, hey, will you fly here and build me a house? Mm-hmm. It's like, I, probably not. Or maybe he does. And it's like, now I need a network there. It's like, oh, I actually held an event and the guy flew in from Egypt and I met him and he's a crazy, crazy builder and I can reach out to him. Same thing with what just happened here in, in this uh, potential project in Tennessee. Yeah. It's like someone reached out to me through social media that that appreciated what I did and we were chatting and, and this opportunity came up and I said, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I'm not going to go into this thinking like, whoa, man, like I'm, you know, I'm building in Boston. Like, you know, like it's no different. It's like, you're, you're, we're, uh, it's part of what we're trying to do here is build a really strong network of people that all want to help each other. What we're doing, it's just in a different industry slightly, but it's like last week, I'm not in Europe just to be fucking off. There's a play there. I was, right. I was walking around Zurich. I was like, Kind of joking, but also not. I'm like, we could have an office here. Like, why not? Right. What's wrong? Sick, dude. Like, <laughs> why not have an office? I can't office wait, dude. Here? I can't. We were supposed to go in January and the trip got rescheduled with August. And it's like, I'm like, nice. I can't wait to go. It's fantastic. Yeah. But the funny thing about you doing business consulting is um, I don't get too many questions about running a business or building a business because I feel like most people don't understand what the hell I do. Well, I watch your TikTok <laughs> videos and you're constantly trying to explain I'm constantly, it. And then I'm I like, Aaron's answering questions. another like, guy. Yeah, about- I still don't get it. <laughs> like, I feel like just no one understands what I do. They don't think the business is real. Yeah. And so there's no business questions asked. It's sure. like, it's just some guy looking at a bulldozer or something like right. I, uh, and that's good and bad. Yeah. It's like, I wish I could talk to more people about it, but also I'm kind of fine just doing my thing. Right. And the only, like, and the whole consulting thing was interesting to me where it's like, for a while I was like, I, how, I can't consult on business. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out myself. But it was that when I, especially with the podcast, I realized that everyone's figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And how about me, you know, talking to myself, I'm like, how about I just teach what I've learned? And it could have been something I learned yesterday. And I realized that works and I'm going to help regurgitate that. Yeah. And that because someone else gave me that information and why, why would I sit there with this information for months and months and years and years and not share that? It was given to me, give it to someone else. And I do that in the form of this and podcast and video. And it's like, you know, we're, we, we film three times a week and I'm sharing everything we're doing with building all of our projects. And there's times where I talk about something hey, this is the technical way we did it. And I post it and someone's like, that's wrong. And I'm like, you're right. Mm. Here's, a, here's a correction video. Mm-hmm. And but because it's in the moment, but it's those, it's like, frankly, I'm doing it also for, so we're better where it's like, I, you know, of course you're going to get the trolls that are like, oh, you're an idiot or that doesn't yeah. work. Whatever, dude. Yeah. Like, I just say like, hey, thanks for following along yeah. in depth enough that you know that this and is. Joke's on you. Yeah. You're here watching. Right. <laughs> but it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, we get some real feedback, like real feedback, like, Hey, like this, you know, what you did there, like, I get why you did it, but I've done that and it's failed. And then I'm like, cool, we need to talk. This is why it failed, blah, 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 blah. And I can go back and be like, guys, before we close this wall up, we got to fix this because we didn't know that this, this product didn't work, Hmm. but now we do because we're, we're putting everything out there live and then, and then taking that information back and making sure that, you know, it's, it's like having 10,000 building inspectors show up. And them all going through and looking at it and, and telling me, like, these are all the things you need to correct. It's funny, though. That's the argument for a lot of con- con- uh, traditional construction companies of why they don't want to share stuff. 
Sure. Because they're going to get a bunch of criticism, but it's like, well, and isn't that not always a bad thing? Right. Like, what if you like, yeah, I get it. Like, oh, I don't want, you know, we, we do stuff that like isn't totally by the book. I'm like, well, maybe you should, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe like that's okay. Like, you know, yeah. safety is a great example. Like we, we want to be safe, but there's times where I'll post a photo and they're like, you know, someone be like, Hey, what, what, how far is that drop on the backside of that deck? I'm like, he's not wrong. Mm-hmm. It's eight feet. So I'll call my, my super, like, I want handrails up by the end of the day. And I get a photo two hours later, handrails are up. And like, what, isn't that amazing? Yeah. And what's wrong with that? It's like, well, you should have known that. I'm like, I did know that. And it just slipped my mind. And I, it, I, I made, a, I almost made a huge mistake on a project a couple of weeks ago where I was talking, we don't have to get in the technical side of it, but I was talking about basically moisture transferring into hardwood and everyone's like, dude, like that's fine. But you, have you ignored the fact that you have moisture underneath that subfloor and that you're creating a microclimate and that could rot away the floor joist and the floor is going to fall out in five years. I was like, yeah, I, un- subconsciously I did ignore that. And I called my team. I'm like, we, you got to pause. We, we missed a very, very critical item. And even the client knew. And we hopped on a, uh, a, the zoom and she's like hey don't you and i'm like yes mm. i got it i'm like we we, we are we're definitely going to make sure that that gets taken care of she's like okay i just i felt like we were missing a step i'm like we totally did and like, like be humble yeah you know yeah but if if i were the client i'd feel better about that you guys missing a step and recognizing it because i'm like oh okay so they're not bullshitting me this right. whole process they're right. actually telling me the truth a lot of people you just especially builders Trust me. You're just getting bullshit all day. And that's, and that's what's so frustrating. And that's why we, you know, that's why we push it where it's like, we'll share stuff and it will be so ridiculously overdone where it's like, that's pretty unnecessary to do that. It's like, it is, but we want to, we want to build the absolute best product that we can. One that comes to mind was that broken piece of glass in that super bougie apartment right in downtown Boston. Oh right. my god! Yeah, yeah. It was it was that I, I, shattered piece I'm, of glass. I was like, "What are you talking about?" I've yeah. I've uh, kind of toned that one out of my mind. But go ahead. <laughs> well, well, you explaining it all, yeah. and explaining why you think it happened, and mm. how you had to replace it, and all that. It's like this is this is pretty interesting. And it was what, like a year later. Yeah, and interesting. So interestingly enough, like the client was like, "You guys installed like very difficult client." Um, but it was like, I don't understand. Like this was, you know, how could this happen? You guys installed the floor too tight. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, floor was in first. I could call the, I could blame it on the glass guy. Like, or I don't know. Like, I don't know what caused it. <laughs> Frankly, I was like, I think that I, I said to my team, I was like, honestly, I think the client broke it. Mm. And I just, I get the feeling that when, when I get a bunch of texts, like, Hey, there's a chip on the wall that, and this wasn't here. Uh, when, when we, when we were here, it was here like from before. And I'm like, I'm looking at a photo I took before, like literally when I left the keys for the apartment, I'm like, no, it wasn't. Mm. And it's like, so I'm just like, did they break in? They're just like, this is ridiculous. Like you guys put it in wrong. I'm yeah. like, I was like, whatever, we'll take care of it. Problem is, is like that we made that, that detail so complex that it's not replacing the glass. I have to take the stair apart. I have to cut the wall open. I have to remove remove the concrete or the the hydraulic cement that holds the glass in dude it's going to be a, a fucking nightmare but uh where's i going with that the you know sharing it oh wait, that's what everyone's going sharing it i i shared it for a couple of reasons i shared it because number one it's good content mm-hmm. because people are like holy shit like that broke they're gonna engage 
Number two, it's like, hey, I want people to know, like, not everything goes smooth. I think that's what I talked about in the post. Like, hey, you know, everything can be really beautiful on social media, but every once in a while, there's some shit that you don't see. And here's one of them. I could have, I could have never shared that and talked about it. But number, but number three, did any, has anyone else experienced this? And I can tell you right now that I probably had at least 50 people reach out to me and tell me I had the exact same thing happen. And it was five years after the glass was installed. I came home and it was just shattered. Mm. And sometimes tempered glass, something can just like trigger it to like explode. And not that it makes the situation better, but when I can go back to the client and be like, listen, like it, it could very well just be random. Like how? I'm like, well, there's 50 people that it's happened to. And a lot of them were sending me photos. Mm. Like one, one guy sent me a photo. He goes like, look at this shower. I came home and it was just glass everywhere. And like the, nothing was, nothing was there. Nothing hit it. Nothing. It was just sitting there in its position and exp- randomly exploded. And, you know, again, it's just ex- like sharing that experience and explaining like, and, and what our role is in that, right? Like, hey, as the builder, it sucks. And the glass guy said he'd pay for the glass, but who's paying for the plaster to come and cut the wall open because the plaster didn't do anything wrong? Who's, who's taking the stair apart because the stair guy didn't do anything wrong? Like, who really did anything wrong? Like, we don't know. And we can't prove it. You didn't show up and there was like a skateboard in the corner? Like, is that your skateboard? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. And he shovels it well, away in the so other room. Interestingly, it's <laughs> laminated glass. So it's two layers of glass with a lamination layer in it. And it was... This, well, because that's why it didn't completely that, shatter. Exactly. Yeah. It was, it, otherwise, it would have shattered down to the floor below. But the, it was the back side. It was on the side that there was no access. Mm. And it wasn't on the side that someone could have hit it. Interesting. So I was like, shit. I'm like, what the... Like, it just probably was random. Mm. It's... um. To that point, I'm reading a book called The Book of Joy right now. I saw that. I saved it. It's uh, like there's a ridiculous amount of wisdom in this book. Yeah. It's the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. And they talk about suffering and how you can alleviate your suffering by thinking about other people who are suffering as well. Mm. And having a collective sense of suffering reduces your sense of suffering. I can understand that. And so that's an example of that. Um, mm-hmm. Or you're talking about business owners just like liking to know that other people are going through the same trouble they are because that that helps alleviate their anxiety and alleviate their suffering, which is pretty fascinating. It, it, it's funny, though, because when you say that, I think about how our parents growing up, when it's like, you know, when we complain about our dinner or our food, it's like you have no idea... There's people that don't have this yeah, food yeah. or like, you're not that hungry. People start like starve for days. And it's like, and we're like trained to think about that, but it's absolutely true. It's like when you start realizing that other people are going through very similar situations and maybe even worse situations. And this is like my, my mantra about like these worst case scenarios. I have a, a client who long story short, has, it continues to threaten to sue me. And, nice. and literally I get, I, I, Super this, sick. amazing, right? Year and a half, like very, very, very difficult situation. Can't divulge the whole story on this podcast, but the day after Christmas this year, I got a letter basically saying like from his lawyer, like, Hey, just a reminder, we're going to be suing you. I'm like, cool. Like Merry, <laughs> Merry Christmas, you asshole. And, <laughs> the only person winning there is the lawyer. Yeah. Cause they're charging to draft that letter. I know. It's like, <laughs> like I could not like. I'll never, I know exactly where I was. And I remember like 
holding my phone and like whatever. But the um oh, so worst case scenario, like I, I was talking to people and they're like, you know, what if he does sue you? I'm like, yeah, that's gonna suck. He's like, what if he puts you out of business? I'm like, man, that would suck. He's like, what if you're what if what if he what you're if he bummer. what if he takes your home? I'm like, man, that would suck too. I'm like, he's like, and they're like, what like what are you gonna do about all this? I'm like, I'm not thinking about that. Yeah. Like, why? I'm like, he could take everything away from me. But I like at the at the core of who I am as a human being, like I still have my family. Like, yeah, I don't want to move in with her mom. But like maybe we do, mm-hmm. and we start over. Like that doesn't like, and I can understand how that could ruin someone mentally, and like they would give up everything. And I and I totally, totally understand why people give up in business, because it is enormous. Like it's it's so incredibly hard to be in business. There's so many things working against you, and until you own a business and and experience those things, it's hard to understand. Yeah. But but. Looking at worst case scenario, I'm like, I just, I can't sit here and and try to believe that worst case scenario is going to happen. And because it's the same thing as best case scenario, where for me, where it's like, what best case scenario, he trips, falls, hits his head and realizes, you know what? I don't want to be an asshole anymore. And calls me and says, I'm going to give you that money I owe you. I'm so sorry for ever bashing you on, on LinkedIn and, and et cetera, et cetera. Like that's best case scenario, right? Mm. Realistically, it's probably just going to end up somewhere in the middle. And it's like, I'm not going to go into all these situations and especially in business thinking about what's the worst thing that can happen. And because I know that there's like, there, there always could be a worst case scenario and there's always something that, that is worse. And at the end of the day, like I think about, you know, in that situation, like what could he sue me for? It's like, but I know someone else is like going through this as well. And it's like, and, and, and going through it at a much higher scale. Well, um, specifically to that point, it's in business, you're just going to get into legal trouble. So I view it as like uh, exercising every day. You mm. exercise every day, so you're healthy. So when germs come your way, when that friend that does that is sick shows up at your house, you're not screwed because you're healthy. You're fine. You can right. deal with that. That's the same thing with the business. That's why I invest a lot in legal and accounting and yeah. insurance and all of that. Because something bad will happen, just a matter of time. When it does, great. We've, yeah. we've built up that tolerance, that immune system to right. handle it before it happens so that we're going to be okay. And I think that that's something that a lot of people, when they get into business, skip. Oh, including oh, myself. Yeah. And I think about that particular client. I remember getting an, an email basically saying like, Hey, I want every time clock for every person that ever worked in this job with a description of what they were doing. And I want every receipt and invoice that's tied to this job. And he said it in a way, he's like, because I know you don't have it. And I was like, five minutes, I sent him a report with every attachment. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, because I invested in the time to make sure my account was, my accounting was, was clean. If he had asked me 10 months before that, I would have been <laughs> like, uh, like, how much money you want back, dude? <laughs> I'll give it all a million bucks and I'll go get a loan tomorrow. Well, there's a saying, it's you go to war with the army you have, not the one you wish you had. (laughs) Right. And uh, it's the truth. And it's the same thing with law. Like when we, when we rebuilt our entire structure, you know, we we spent, you know, close to $25,000 in the course of like two or three months rewriting every contract we have for everything with our clients, with our subcontractors to make sure that we were going into these projects, you know, covered. And when he looked at our original contract, he's like, dude, he's like, you have nothing. 
Yeah. He's like, we gotta, we gotta protect this stuff. And now, and think about the fact that we film every project. And he's like, there's exposure there. You need to know, like, so in our contract now, I have talent releases for all of our subs. Mm. So our sub, we go in. It's like we're not the best. Problem. It, neither, and neither are we. And yeah. it's like, and ultimately, you know, it's just a CYA, right? And but it, what came up is, you know, oddly, the concrete guys hate the fucking camera. Like literally, every time we show up when they're placed concrete, they're like, no, absolutely really? not. Yeah. And I mean, this last guy was actually great. He thought it was awesome. He actually had people uh, reach out and was like, hey, I saw you on camera. He's like, oh, that's so cool. But before that, like we would have like I'd have we had one guy come up to us and he's like, listen, I don't want to be on camera and I don't want photos of me. I don't have the greatest history. <laughs> I was like, OK. I'm like, so uh, Doug, he dumps photos and videos out every month into the Dropbox. <laughs> I was going through and that guy was in there. And he had put emojis over his face. So every, like a bunch of photos just have this like smiling, smiley face emoji. And I'm like, dude, he's like, I don't know what he did. I don't know if he killed someone. I don't know if like, but he just was like so adamant that he was not filmed or, or uh, yeah. a photo taken. And I'm like, whatever, dude. Like, so we just add it now because what it came down to is like his, their boss just didn't tell him that we were filming. So now it's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm signing saying that I understand that we're going to film and and when you say you're not the best, like same for us, like we, we still need everyone's individual. So we're trying to build this like QR code that when you show up in the job, you basically scan it and sign off. Like, that's hey. pretty slick. Yeah. Like, Hey, that's I know cool. a camera might be here and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, and we can, we can cater that to be like, and also like, here's the safety, you know, here's the safety guidelines for the job. Like I, I've read and accepted these, like just make it super easy. Like you show up in the job, scan the QR code and I, totally unrelated Five years ago, I used to have QR codes on all my trucks. No one. And everyone's like, that's the stupidest thing. I'm like, I'm telling you, they're coming back. Dude, COVID made them come back. I know they did. They were nothing. And I, listen, I did not create COVID for for the sake of this bet. You and Bill Gates. (laughs) Yeah. But I was like, I know this, like, this is a real thing. And they're like, it's so stupid. Like, I'm like, all right. No, I had that exact same thought. My QR codes are, and I still think they're stupid. I'm like. Can you just give me a goddamn menu? Like, <laughs> like I knew you how, were gonna say the menu thing. I, <laughs> that's the worst. How many, how many very educated scientists and researchers have to say this does not transmit via touching shit? Do we a have a laminated yeah, piece yeah, at, at the diner? Come on, just I just want a menu. Yeah. Like, is that so difficult? And I, uh, I know I, I knew you were gonna go for the menu thing because I, I'm right there with you, and it's also super annoying because I hate being on my phone when I'm at dinner. Sometimes I'll leave my phone right. and then I show up and it's like, oh, sorry, just a QR code. Hey, can I'm like, you pass me the phone that I don't your, have your hands phone. are all over yeah. <laughs> so I can read it? <laughs> it's so dumb. But like, you know, my wife is, you know, she's with the kids all day. So like when we go out to dinner, I, I always give her shit. I'm like, put your phone down. She's mm-hmm. like, no. I'm like, but only phone time. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm only asking once. But I'm like, I just want to know how your day is. She goes, yeah, it was good. Yeah. 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 Okay. Back to it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, but now I can't say anything. She's like, I'm reading the menu. I'm like, you already ordered. I'm looking to see what's for dessert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. Um, the, the legal stuff too, people, people skip out on it because it's just really expensive. It is expensive. Like I'm going, talk about planning ahead. I'm going through estate planning right now. Hmm. Um, highly recommend. Yes. It's smart. Yeah. So it, we, I, we have someone that would do it for us. We just, it's like, yeah, we'll do it soon. 
Well, I'm doing for, uh, yeah, exactly. You just, uh, I don't I know. know. You know I mean? But uh, estate training, I mean, estate planning, trust, all of that. Yeah. So if I die tomorrow, business is set. Yeah. Like no problems. I have, um, I have a comment on that. Like this is going back to, you know, how can you, what this worst case scenario side of like what happens if they sue you, whatever, like, or what happens if you build a job out of state and it goes awry? Like the other side of me, like not, I'm not sitting here thinking worst case, but, but to contradict that, I also think about like, well, what if I don't live to tomorrow? And, and, and I hate, like, I hate mentioning that, like, especially like, what if I don't make it home to my family tonight or tomorrow night? We're like, that's, I don't even want to fucking say that out loud because that, like, that can be frightening and, and, and debilitate people. But that's the reason I take that risk where it's like the, think about the worst case that can happen. It puts me out of business. I'm, someone puts a billboard up saying NS Builders is a fraud. Like, it ruins me and I move in with her mom and like, I have no money. It's like, all right, that's not that bad in the grand scheme of things, knowing that I also might not live another five years, 10 years, whatever, where it's like, let me take the risk and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, like, it's, it's not built for everyone. Like, not everyone should just go out and take risk and take risk and take risk. But I think that if you are like, you should really do what you want to do and, and go for what you want to go for. Well, I, I think uh, no matter where you go, I think you do need to take some risk to get there. Yeah. It doesn't matter business or not. You just, as part of it, you, you have to get outside of your little, little shell. The, the funny thing on all this is, um, yeah, death is certainly probably the worst case scenario, but, um, I've, I, I moved into a nice place recently. You'd actually very much appreciate it. Because I, you, you gave me the tour on, on the stories. I, I saw it. Well, I, um, I moved into it because it's fi- like the first place where I, I'm just very particular. And it's the first place where they actually, they actually paid attention to yeah. how, they, how they built it. Yeah, it looks good. Because there's so much shit nowadays. Mm. And it's just garbage cabinetry and garbage this. Garbage. Um, so got in this new place. But I, I, I've had a little bit of anxiety about it because it's like, mm, I don't really want to get used to f- like living good. Because you should have kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's like this could all go away. Yeah. And uh, I don't I just don't want to get used to it. Yeah. Um, and it's it, totally irrational. And I'm still lowest paid person on the executive team. But um, it, it's definitely been some anxiety that has been pretty recent. It's like I should not get used to this because it could all go away tomorrow. And that should be just OK. Yeah, I don't know if. But it's weird. It's it, like it, no, no, no. But just enjoy today. It's 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 this it's like, this dichotomy. Yeah, you you ba- like you go back and forth. And so we just we had a, a place in Boston, single family. We bought it. I'm just gonna go through like in 2015. I think we paid 420 for it. Uh, single family home, and it was half gutted when we bought it. So it, and I when we when I, when we were looking for homes, I was like 250 to 350 max. And the, and our friend who was helping us buy it was like, you have to buy this thing. I'm like, dude, this is at the top of my, like, I can't, I don't even know if I can afford this thing. And he's like, I'm telling you, just buy it, just buy it. We ended up buying it. I took out another hundred on top of that to renovate it. And probably over the course of a couple of years, I probably spent 250000 So what, 660 mm-hmm. Lived in it. Nice house. Everyone came over. Oh my God, this is gorgeous. Oh my, and I'm like, it's fine. Like the the stuff I build for my clients, it's like nothing. Like I would never bring a client here and be like, look at the work we did. But to the, to the, the majority of the population, people were like, holy shit, this is so nice. And we sold in September for 1.3 million. 
And we turned around and we only sold it because this brownstone in Boston, up the street, closer to the kids' school, mm. we could walk, closer to restaurants, went on the market. $1.8 million. And it was, it's been a rental for 35 years, so it's gross. You know, uh. Three units. Um, and had this additional like unit in the basement, which wasn't legal. And we're walking through. I'm like, dude, I can't believe like I, I would consider living here. And I'm like, but I can't afford $1.8 million. Like at all. Like, like it, it did not check out. And I had to go through like, yep, we're going to rent out the two bedroom for this. Basically top of the rental market and the one bedroom for this at the top. And, and you know, and this is how I'm going to make the mortgage work. Like, you know, the, like I got to show how I can make the mortgage mm-hmm. work. And we ended up buying it for one six at the like in September. So when everything was crazy, we paid undervalue, and it was like we had multiple conversations with who was selling it, and like we just were able to like negotiate down, which everyone else couldn't. She didn't want to sell to a developer, is what it came down to. Developers were like trying to buy it, and she's like, "No, I want a family to live here." So we wrote the whole like we have three kids in the school and blah blah blah, and like she was like, "I love these guys, like sell it to them." See, that's how you have to play the real estate market right now. People don't get that. It's you have to play to the emotion, not the mm. logic. Everybody's trying to play the logic game. And it's the like, emotion was a nightmare because it was just like, then she started feeling guilty about like things that she wasn't disclosing. Like there's two parking spots and technically by like law, we actually own the parking spots, but didn't have the right to drive on the street that led to the parking spots. That's, that's a problem. Yeah. It's not like we found out it wasn't. And then there was also like this commercial aspect of the property that had like an office at one point and, and the mortgage, like they wouldn't write us a mortgage because of the commercial. And so she was like, she was like, okay, well I I offered to pay to convert it and then close. She's like, I'm not doing that. I'll just take 50 grand off. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll deal with that. And come to find out it wasn't commercial. Like she just was totally wrong. And I got a confirmation from the building department that, nope, it's residential converted in 1983. Just kicked it to my mortgage company, like done. Here's your mortgage. Hmm. But the, my, the point is, it's like for me now, like we have this, this piece of shit, you know, but with massive potential where it's like, we're going to renovate again. And, you know, and it's a stretch financially for us. And, but I'm not designing that renovation based on what I can afford. I'm designing this renovation based on what I want it to be. And hopefully by the time I decide to demo it, I have figured out a way to afford it. And I want to live in a home that I can have a client come Mm -hmm. by and be like, and and the best part of this property is that there's unobstructed views of the entire city. We're up on a hill. Like there's nothing that will be ever built behind us. That's high enough to block our view. It's incredible. And it also wasn't advertised in the listing. I was like, this, that's the only picture I would have put because the bathroom photo is terrible. But we look at it as like, this is our opportunity. And you, going back to what you said about like not wanting to get used to it, it's like, I'm going to put myself in the mindset of, I can't afford that. I'll spend the million dollars to renovate this place because I know if I do it right, it will be worth more than the market tells me mm-hmm. it's worth. Yeah. And I think about the same thing about like custom cars, right? Like you can buy a, a, an old car and restore it and spend a hundred grand and you'll never recoup your money. But you spent 500 grand where you've done everything. Every bolt is exactly matched. Everything is perfect. People don't value the amount of money you put into it. People now value the amount of time and effort you made, you took to put that, put that, make that, build that thing. 
to the absolute 10 out of 10 quality. And now people value that different where it's like, how much is into it? Oh, I have half a million dollars into this car. It's like, dude, it's so good. I'll, I'll give you a million. And that's what happens is like people, I think, especially in the real estate, like people oftentimes scale back because they're like trying to look dollar for dollar. How do I get my money back? But it's like for us, I want, I want to build at a level where it's like, forget the money. Just think about like building the absolute best quality. Well, and it, uh, it helps your business too. So of course. It's yeah. going to help your business. You have all of that content you'll be able to create through the process. Right. It's yeah. I mean, that's where like a huge can, winner. Yeah. We can sit board. there and like, how do you build other revenue out of like this project? Totally. Where it's like, I can probably work brand deals and like get a lot of it paid for but, things like that. Also, uh, some of the best business decisions don't pencil out. Mm -hmm. um, they just don't financially make sense. Like right. um, the the example that comes to mind first was uh, Arthur Blank, so co-founder of the Home Depot. Mm. He was building the new Falcon Stadium in Atlanta, which is one of the most beautiful stadiums in the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were going to go for like the 21-inch seat. And he sat down and he's like, this is ridiculous. What's the bigger one? 23 inches. But we can't like the cost, the cost is like, it's like $16 million more to add two inches to every seat in the stadium. And he's like, I don't care what it costs. We need to add this. We yeah. need to add the, the, the extra two inches. And, uh, and he said, you know, sometimes just, just doing the right thing, making the right decision for the business doesn't actually make financial sense, but it all catches up at the end of the day. Right. Because imagine um, if you're in that 21-inch seat and everyone that goes to that game is like, stadium sucks. Yeah. It's like my ass gets stuck every time I stand up. That's it. Well, but then he said the funny thing is most people don't even sit during the games. So, <laughs> <laughs> so good thing we spent the money. But you know what? You, then you get extra elbow room. Yeah. Because like you're only fitting like you're, you're losing a seat every row or something yeah, like that. I, um, I, it, it was just a good example of something tangible. But we're in the middle of a real estate potential real estate transaction right now yeah um that is the same it's like how are we how are we gonna afford this right not a clue right but we'll figure it out and that's so <laughs> i i've said this a thousand times on our podcast but my dad he i always say he gave me the best and worst piece of advice all the time and you know the the more recent example was when i bought that first house we so let me back up my wife and i or at the time she was my fiance, but we got married in October and we decided to buy this house in November. So we closed, I think the day before New Year's, so like December, the end of December. So got married, bought this house that needed a full gut renovation. And then in January found out she was pregnant. And I called my dad and I, and, and meanwhile, I called my dad. I'm like, dad, I'm like, Meg's pregnant. And he's like, and he, he he's become an emotional man as he gets older. He starts, he's like, will you guys just please slow down? I'm like, all right, let me back up. I didn't know we weren't planning that. <laughs> and I'm like, I just, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'm like, I got to renovate this house. Like my plan was to like stop working as much because I needed to like get this house blasted out and like live here. We're, you know, we're paying, we're paying rent somewhere. We're paying the mortgage on this house. I'm paying the construction loan on this house. Like I just, I'm not going to be able to do this. And he's like, Nick, we'll figure it out. And I'm like, no, that, I need real advice, dad. And he's like, you'll figure it out. And that was it. And he, he always told me that throughout life where it's like, when I started my business, I'm like, what if I don't have work? He goes, you'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it drove me crazy when he would tell me that. I'm like, this, this is not helpful. But looking back, he's right. 
Yeah. When I, if if I was ever tight on cash growing up and as a kid, I'd figure out I'd go sell some stuff, go sell a job or go sell like find some stuff I didn't need and go turn flip it on Craigslist. You know, it's like I just always had had that mentality of like I will figure it out. So it's you know when we were renovating the house, you know, yeah, I was figuring it out, but I was also scared of shit. Where it's like this one, like this now, this house now, it's like. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to fi- like I'm going to go for the 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 big renovation. I hope that we succeed and we get to the end of the road and then someone walks in and be like, "Dude, this place is dope. I'll give you 5 million dollars for it." Mm-hmm. And be like, "Great." That- or or I want you to go build me one for 5 million bucks. Right. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, the point is like I want, yeah. you know, ultimately like we we I don't want to be restricted by the fact that I'm I fear that I won't figure it out because you know track record says I will. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. It's just, you start swinging bigger and bigger and bigger and you're like, hmm, I had to figure it out down here and I have to go yeah. up there. Fuck. Like, I, I was starting to get comfy and cozy. Yeah. And you're like, nope. Nope. <sighs> it's it, it's just like, there's so many opportunities, you know, and, and for for example, like in this, in this, uh, the summit we did, one of the things that we talked about is like additional revenue streams beyond construction. And it's like there's things that we do as individuals and as companies that other people need help with. And it's like as simple as helping them get their accounting off the off, you know, up and running mm-hmm. or like what's what's your advice for tax strategy? How should I set up my company? Or it's like, hey, what should I be doing for marketing? Marketing is a great one. Mar- like the marketing is great for for business, like driving in business, but also what about the potential partnerships you could create with brands? Where it's like, I don't know if you if you have any brand deals with like Cat or something like that, but like Cat doesn't care about us. Well, I'm I'm looking at the dump truck over behind yeah. the camera, but they're just like, but like, like the this stepchild. But there is like there's opportunity there where it's like you start positioning yourself in an industry as a thought leader, as someone that's making a dent. It's like people want to be part of that, yeah. and it's not you know it's not just for the dollar on the backside of it. It's like it's about the relationship and what you're advocating for and what you're building in a particular industry. That's it. We're playing the long game on the on those kinds Good. of deals because it's like the industry we serve is not there yet. But when they get there, it'll be like, yeah. I told you guys so. We, we did, Come on down. We Here's the, your paper. Sign up. We did the same thing with the podcast. We didn't take any sponsorship money for years. And they're like, why? And I'm like, I'm just waiting for that glass to be full. Yeah. Like you, like you guys are offering us money now, but I want that glass to be like about to overflow. So then it's not about like, you're not, you're not trying to negotiate the dollar. You see the value in what we bring. Mm-hmm. And I, I totally agree with the long game. It's like a lot of people try to jump into it too soon. And then it's like, you're doing a part, like you're doing a partnership deal for a post on like social media for like $500. It's like, yeah. what's that for? It's like, yeah. no, you want longevity. Like I want to work with brands that I'm going to work with on every project. Not, you know, not a one-time thing of. I love these nails. They're the best nails that I've ever used. <laughs> hey, where's my $500? <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've, I've actually never done a deal like that. Never have entertained it. Because well, I, the nice thing is, too, we've built a business that makes money in different ways. Yeah. I don't need to do that. No, and uh, the, point, the point is, going back to, like, you figure it out, it's like there's, there's so many opportunities that if you truly want to create wealth, not just an income, because I think what you know, the conversation I have with a lot of my team is, you know, they're like, well, how do I create wealth or how do I, you know, how do I save money or 
like, you know, I want to make more money. It's like, everyone wants to make more money. I want to pay you as much money as I can honestly afford to pay you. Mm -hmm. But you have to think about the fact, and same thing with me, it, you cannot, you cannot build wealth only by trading your time for money. Because then you are limited on how much money you can make. Because there's only a so there's only so much time. Even if you're making five hundred dollars an hour, a thousand dollars an hour. I watched my dad. He crazy high paid attorney, like ridiculous billing billing rate. Mm -hmm. Still constrained by his time for money. Exactly. Doctors same way. Exactly. Dentists same way. It's all these all these people that are the highest paid people in the world hourly. They're still shackled by right, the time their time. That they invest in it, it. It's it's a total constraint. And it's like well, all right. So what do I have to do? It's like you have to invest in oh in crypto or in stocks. It's I like mean, sure, yeah. If that's what you want to do for me, what I, what do I invest in? I invest in every extra quote unquote extra dollar I make goes into investing in myself. I go and learn a new skill. I go mm -hmm. to attend a seminar. I go network. I I spend money on media. I spend an enormous amount of amount of money filming what what I do and it's like and I'll turn around and you know right now we're we're basically building a show and I want to hire more people to produce that show and write cool. that show yeah and it's like but I like so everything I I I could take that as income but like I could add a bunch of money to my bottom line personally and go do that renovation in my house and and be done and that could be my investment that could be a potential real estate investment but I'd rather you know trickle a little that way and then the trickle a little over here in my self, you know, self-education and then here in media. It's like, and, and then I, and what that does is it builds equity across different, different things where it's like, I can host an event with, you know, uh, Brad and Morgan here in Nashville and sell it out where it's like, sweet. yeah. And it's like that I built equity because that we're, we're, we're showing so much of what we're doing online that people want to know, how do I get that information into my head? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's been good catching up with you. Yeah, likewise, dude. This is, legit, by. this is a legit studio. Uh, well, this is an example of, uh, we make no money here. <laughs> <laughs> this is me just spending money. Every time I get like the look, uh, are you going to buy a house soon? No. And they, they, they kind of, they're like, well, why, why not? I'm like, you don't spend just, enough time at home. It's just not in the cards right now. Yeah. I am. If I showed you the growth rate of the business, uh, it's the better investment. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need real estate. That's, no. that's no. It, it like, <laughs> and that's, but that goes back to what I just said about investing. It's like real estate's great, but it doesn't make sense for everyone. No, that's the thing about do what's right for you. Right. There's no single investment strategy right. that works for everybody. Right. That doesn't exist. It's like, oh, I know a friend that made a million dollars on crypto. It's like, cool. Like I wouldn't. There's a great book, um, Psychology of Money. Yeah. I can give it to you. We have plenty of copies. Okay. Best book on investing in money I've ever read. I, my plane ride's not that long. I get, now I have three books to re read on the way home. Dude, it's a, it's an easy one. Okay. It's a, like a really quick read. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, thanks for stopping by. Yeah. And, appreciate it. Um, we'll catch up with you, I guess, in Boston. Sounds good. We work with a company up there. You do? Hmm? Can you say who? Um, Jared Agro. They're technically oh, yeah, yeah. out of Providence, but. No, yeah. I know them. Yeah. Oh, that, that was a big school you. Yes. Dude. Yeah. By the way, you got to do more demo videos. My kids are like, more demo. We they just, love your demo videos. We have plenty of demo coming from okay. Switzerland. Yeah. It, like anytime, like they watch, I know we're wrapping up, but they watch stupid kid shows. I'm like, nope, putting, putting Bill Witt on. But I like to hear and, that. and, uh, you know, even my daughter, like Mar I have Marley Reed and Indy, but Marley Reed, my five and three year old, they're like, put the demo on, put the demo mm. on. 
and he's like, Bobcat! That's all we saw last like, week. Yeah, he's like, he's like, look at the sparks! <laughs> and then it's like over in seven minutes. I'm like, I gotta tell him to make one. I, we're, we're working on it. We're working on it. Yeah. Um, cool. Cool. Well, thanks for coming by. Yeah, appreciate it.